Today is November 3rd, 2018. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Native Calgarian is being recorded on the lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south of the imposed U.S.-Canadian border are the Blackfeet, and north of the border, the Siksika, Gunai, and Bigani of the Confederacy. These lands are now on Treaty 7, signed in 1877, with signatories that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Stony Nakoda, now Wesley, Chiniki, and Bearspaw Nations, and Suchina Nation. I acknowledge the all Indigenous that are First Nation, Métis, Inuit, status and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of this land. Any mistakes or misinterpretations will be on me. I encourage questions so that misunderstandings can be cleared up as soon as possible. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous, but I can share what I know as I walk down my red road. Oki, I'm Mekochis Chase Takumhaki or Red Thunder Woman, in Blackfoot. My spirit name is Red Thunder Woman, given in ceremony. Uh, my humblest apologies to the Blackfoot elders and language keepers as I tried to learn that proper pro- pronunciation. My name is Michelle Robinson. I was born in Calgary as Michelle Elliott, another very English name, which has afforded me great privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Satu Dene, but my Indian Act imposed status card by the Canadian government says Yolonize Dene. My father is so Canadian that I am a daughter of the Mayflower, a daughter of the American Revolution, while having an Indian Act and Post status card. I acknowledge my Dene lineage and that I was born in Calgary, but my family is not part of the Treaty 7 signatories. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Hare people, also called the Great Bear Lake people in Treaty 11. I am a native to Turtle Island, and my Dene nation is a visitor to this area of Klincho Tine Indahe in Satudene, meaning Many Horse Town, named after the Calgary Stampede. My Patreon account, Native Calgarian, is uh, a place where you can pledge and support. So I want to say thank you to Amanda, Amy, Ashley, Beatrice, Diana, Dustin, Joni, Judy, Julie, Kenna, Matt, Nathan, Sharon, Tiffany, and Veronica for signing up. If you value listening and can afford to give, thank you. For those who cannot afford to give but listen in, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com, where you can send in your questions or comments. We are now on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Nativecalgarian.com is also up. Violence is an everyday reality. Um, For Indigenous people, every Indigenous generation has faced it. That's why I started this podcast, to speak freely, without interruption, tone police, leadership shaming, gaslighting questions, as many people do not want to hear my point of view or an Indigenous point of view, but sure want to tell us theirs, and usually by people who nothing know nothing about Indigenous people, know nothing about colonialism, know nothing about the constant surveillance of Indigenous people, our protests, our vigils, and our rights. Just simple microaggressions all the way to people dealing with internalized racism who then manifest into gatekeepers that survive off the status quo or people who are really in their trauma and stop people from doing the work that needs to get done and deplete personal resources. Internal and external racism is an everyday reality for Indigenous people, and that is why I needed a podcast to be heard. Um, My hope is that one day my daughter and my family will be proud in the future trying to understand what we are talking about today. So I want to start by putting cultural safety into action where you can create a safer place for Indigenous, people of color, LGBTQ2+, or other marginalized folks. First, do something. 
Having good intentions is not enough. Take action to make changes. Speak out against racism. Ask those with more understanding. Find allies. Create a a support system for yourself that can advocate for culturally safe approaches. Take responsibility for your own learning. Read, reflect, and ask questions. Do not expect this learning to come from Indigenous people or other marginalized folks. Take time for self-reflection. Question everything you've learned about Indigenous people and take steps to actively disrupt those stereotypes. Commit to lifelong learning. Be prepared to be uncomfortable. Understanding colonialism and the legacy of racism is an ongoing and difficult task. If you want to find out more, you can go to heretohelp.bc.ca and what is Indigenous cultural safety and why I should care about it, or just Google more about cultural safety in general. Uh, If you want to learn more about internalized racism, I talked a lot about it in my last podcast of what it's like to be in a room speaking and knowing that you carry not just yourself, but so many others And worse, if there are other Indigenous in the room that you don't misrepresent and hurt them in the process as well. So a lot of information out there about internalized racism and how it manifests itself from structural racism, which we live under today under the Indian Act. So you can always Google more. There's lots of uh, information on what to do if you witness public instances of racism anti-black, anti-Muslim, anti-trans, anti-indigenous or other forms of oppressive harassment and violence. Use uh, tips on how to be safe where everyone is involved. And as I said in my last podcast, that Edmonton example shows by video recording and having people with anti, well, I guess um, de-escalating knowledge, you know, it works. So do take cues from the people being harassed. Make sure you get consent about videotaping. Try to help the person being harassed in any way you can. Don't call police unless they ask you to. Um, Many communities are experiencing harassment right now from those same agencies, from Arab, Muslim, Black, queer, trans, Indigenous, and immigrant And the police can actually cause a greater danger for the person being harassed. So please make sure that you um, get permission before you do that. Don't escalate the situation. Go and Google de-escalation techniques because that will help you in the future. But don't do nothing because silence is dangerous and it approves. It communicates the approval. It leaves the victim high and dry. And there's so much you can do from giving a card to going and buying somebody a uh, coffee after whatever it takes to have somebody calm down. You know, a lot of people smoke, go have a smoke with them. If that's your your gig, whatever, go do that. So um, a lot of the things I talk about are pretty intense. And I think it's really important for people to start dealing with, you know, the fact that these things happen to us, that it's not just in your head, that's that gaslighting. And if you are experiencing any emotional distress, and want to talk, call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It's toll-free, and it's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And uh, they will understand the legacy that residential schools have placed on our people. And hopefully, they'll know more. So reach out if you need to, or any of your local uh, suicide prevention or distress lines in your major urban settings and there's lots of uh, resources if you're out in the out in the res too 
So, so today I wanted to talk a little bit about the Olympics. So this will, I guess, will be the third episode I touch on it. Here in Calgary, we are doing a bid for the 2026 Olympics. And because of that, there's been um, a lot of people <laughs> with a lot of opinions. If you're on Twitter, you can see that basically the anti-Nensha crowd have decided that they want no Calgary. Um, a lot of not on my lawn, get off my lawn type people yelling all the time about no. But on the flip side, there are no people who legitimately care about issues of poverty and um, other social issues just not being really addressed through this. So, you know, I understand why people would say no. A lot of people like to debate the budget, but um, I find that the budget debates are, you know, short of pathetic, frankly, because we have, we're not, we're not talking about the bigger ramifications of how, you know, even the 88 Olympics has helped us as a, you know, tourist destination, as a place for how many kids to uh, train for the Olympics, how many athletes have come here for training for the athlete, for all the Olympics, but, you know, and, and more, there's, there's so much more out there now because of all of the legacy pieces that we got from the 88 Olympics. And, you know, we're not really talking about um, how much it costs to have homeless people and the cost savings by being able to house even one person in in a, one of these affordable housing places that will be used after the Olympic Village is done. So, you know, I'm really hoping to encourage a lot of people who are on the fence to start thinking way bigger than the rhetoric that you're reading online or or whichever, because it's really easy to say no, but it's really hard to say yes. Um, because then you have to really talk about why it is you believe in this vision and this dream and this, the idea of, of what uh, the next generations can experience. You know, I'm, I'm only 41, but I remember the 80th Olympics like it was yesterday. And I know that there's a, a whole bunch of new immigrants and a whole bunch of new refugees here on top of the new generations of kids that have no concept about the 88 Olympics. It's actually quite depressing when I start talking about David Foster and his theme song. No one knows what I'm talking about. I don't understand that. I, how can you not know what I'm... I, I do, 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 like, did you not every it's like Pavlov's dogs to all of us who are who are older remember the 80 Olympics and we you know hear this song and we all stop and like hey there's something about the Olympics about to happen Oy, I don't understand I don't understand why how more people are not excited about the prospect of electrifying because it was electrifying all across the province like I was in Sylvan Lake at the time and I felt that. And it was exciting to hear how the Olympics was impacting our whole province. It was amazing. So I'm really, I'm really kind of disappointed, frankly, in the whole no argument in the bigger picture of, of everything. Uh, you know, and they talk about the amount of debt that we'll take on. And, you know, it, they don't talk about the benefits. Like, we have a, a whole tourism industry that's banking on this. We haven't even talked about Indigenous um, tourism industry that there is and uh, the indigenous artists that can be involved and and my bigger hope and if you've listened to my other past episodes on the olympics is how we can start to have some 
indigenous sports programs for our youth nationally. This could be the actual the thing that creates national sporting programs for kids all across the country. We have to talk about the suicide rates in this country. We give nobody any hope. Well, here's a chance. Here's a chance to give people hope and see themselves in a different way. And like, it's if you've heard my other two episodes, and I talked about all of the barriers that were put up against the Indigenous students that were in Indian residential schools, and yet they still succeeded and still did amazing. Like that should show why it is it's so important that we have this bigger conversation about the hope and the dreams and the and the energy that can go into the whole country, not just locally here in Calgary and not just our Treaty 7 uh, nations that could benefit from this, but all of the whole country. What if the whole country got behind this? So I did this call out to Jordan Tutu and I asked him if he would be a part of this and his agent got a hold of me and... Apparently, his agent and I were in the same room, but he never came up to me. And, you know, I was one of the only Indians in the room. I was definitely the only one in a ribbon skirt and definitely the only one who went to the mic and introduced herself. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But what I do know is the same agent is representing uh, Rayleigh Many Bears. And for those who do not know, this boy show is a running fool. And... I'm old. I'm sorry. It's not a disrespectful thing. I love Forrest Gump. And that is totally an appropriated scene from Forrest Gump, which is obviously fantastic. Regardless, he's a really great athlete um, running. And again, you know, we have so many wonderful positive role models. Just another one to look up to, another one to talk about, another one to try to tell the world is worth everything in, in the world. I actually have been uh, chit-chatting with him and there's a an event that's happening on Wednesday at Siksika and it's open to the public. So any First Nation, Métis and Inuit is actually encouraged to go because we want to more Indigenous people to understand this idea of Yes Olympics. Um, obviously, the athletes have an invested interest in promoting the um the Olympics, but not actually, he doesn't really because he's a summer Olympian as opposed to a winter Olympian. So having him be an ambassador for this is fantastic. But he and I, we had a short conversation very recently and it was very clear we were on the same page that we need the Olympics. We need to be talking about reconciliation calls to action when doing this. And I was super stoked by this. So We've been talking about him coming onto my podcast. And while we agree, you never know what happens between now and then. So just keep your fingers crossed and hopefully we'll have the next podcast will be him talking about um, the Olympics from his point of view. And we can talk about the event that we're both going to be at on Wednesday. So Wednesday um, in Siksika, I have, I've been sharing the, um, little event thing. So if you see it, please share it with your friends because we want it out there. We want people to know, we want people to go. So if you're here in Calgary and you need a lift, I have the minivan. There can be more than just me and my daughter going. We can have a few people if you want to come. So don't hesitate. We're all going to go. We're going to Listen to why it is the Olympics matter and from an Indigenous point of view. That's the, that's the important thing to me is that people see, start seeing the importance of that. 
I've actually been talking about the Olympics as also an important thing to be talking about with with people in general on the importance of voting. Um, yes, I respectfully understand that many people who, um, you know, don't participate in the voting process do so because they see themselves as um, sovereign nations. And um, for me, what I know, no matter what, I will always vote because I know whoever is in charge affects directly our nations, like directly. So I don't even hesitate in voting. I believe it's really important to protect our nations for us to vote because I know, you know, cuts to a lot of the social services obviously results in um, a death, death of our people. And we don't need more barriers to, you know, increase the genocide. So I'm a believer in harm reduction and I want um, our people to have as many chances to survive this as possible. So that's why I vote in general, and that's why I'm part of the Indigenous Peoples Commission, and that's why I encourage voting for Indigenous people. And frankly, 50% of us of us don't live on res, and um, we live in urban settings. And because of that, that is another reason for people to vote, because you're directly impacted by the decisions of that municipality that you're in. And we were given that right to vote. We were given that right to vote after fighting for those rights. And I think we can exercise that right to vote while still working on being sovereign nations and working on equal rights, which currently we do not have. So those who are really, you know, what some people would call radical, I don't think they're radical at all. I think that they're doing exactly what we need them to do, which is talk about you know, sovereign nations and how there's this apartheid system and um, how Canada is actually an invader country. You know, that bigger concept of, of what people talk about comes from, you know, the roots of the land and the roots of treaty not being respected. And if people understood the treaty and had given Indigenous people equal equal rights, equal money, equal uh, share, then we wouldn't be in the situation we're in a genocide. So that somehow really got off topic of the Olympics, but let's go back to the Olympics and talk about the possibility of reconciliation within the Olympics. Um, so I went to this outreach session and man, did I experience a lot of microaggressions. What is a microaggression, you may ask? Well, I looked up the wiki um, definition and it is a term used uh, for brief and commonplace daily verbal, behavioral, or environmental indignities, which, when intentional or unintentional, communicates hostile, derogatory, or negative um, prejudice, slights, and insults towards any group, which I think as Indigenous people, we know exactly whether it's a comment on um, a CBC news article, a comment on anything Indigenous in the news at all, or whether it's our daily interactions. Um, I've tried to use this example for women when talking to women. Um, women specifically will uh, have been trained since a young age to always move out of the way of a man. So, you know, that's a great example of like a sexism issue where women are trained to always move when, you know, equality is equality, where if people are in each other's way, we should equally move for each other as opposed to always being one sex. Same thing within uh, racial issues is that, you know, whether or not people realize it, the moment they see skin color is the moment they're derogatory or uh, the person 
who is not of color changes the way that they interact with someone. So that happened to me at one of these outreach sessions. So I wanted to give some examples of what microaggressions are that you probably are aware of, but maybe our non-Indigenous crowd are unaware of. So a microaggression would be like when everyone is welcomed at the event but you. That happened to me. Hi, Nancy. I'm so happy to see you. Not even acknowledging that I exist. Um, walking into a venue where there's zero Indigenous representation. Zero. Um, they won't make eye contact with you at all. Even in the slightest when they are talking to you. Or when everyone gets a 50-50 ticket for a door prize, but you. That's, that's an example of a microaggression. Or when you talk to one of the organizers, but the one who actually didn't directly invite you, and it's really weird and awkward when they speak to you. Or when you're done at your time at the mic and it's clear that everyone is happy you're off the mic. Not because you did anything wrong, but because of their prejudice and their pre preconceived notions that, you know, they were a little worried I might do something inappropriate. My friend that invited me unknowingly validated my experience by letting me know many people in the room do not believe in reconciliation with the Olympics, which it's not just heartbreaking, but it's darn racist. You know, that's just reality. Regardless, uh, folks that don't believe in reconciliation or how, oh, the Olympics and reconciliation, reconciliation can be a thing. Indigenous are here and we're fighting hard to be at that table. Uh, there was a panel discussion the other day and uh, Lee Crowchild, the chief of Sutina, was invited to speak at that. So I really wish I could have seen it, but I didn't uh, see it in time. Otherwise, I would have made it over there to listen to what he had to say. But um, I really encourage anyone who's having any discussion about the Olympics, try to have an Indigenous voice there and see what they know about the sports calls to action. And not only are they free and available on the internet at all times for everyone, but there are books that elaborate more on it. And of course, my podcasts have dealt with it a bit. And I'm sure that there's a lot more conversation out there to have be had about it. And again, you know, I seen somebody non-Indigenous from a non-Indigenous perspective say, you know, this Olympics is Canada's Olympics, but it's Calgary that gets to decide. So if you're Calgarian, I really hope that you consider voting for no other reason than because if there is an opportunity to add to the conversation of reconciliation, then we should take it to not want to try to expand the concept of reconciliation is such a missed opportunity. We have to try. I have to try. I have to try for my ancestors. I have to try for my uh, residential school survivors who are still here with me. This is an opportunity, and I really would like to see people put some effort towards that. So for those who didn't know, we've had quite a nail-biter of a week here in Calgary because it was said that um, over the last weekend, City Council was fed up. There was leaks all over the place about possible deals. And, you know, at one point in time, Nenshi had threatened to end the whole thing. And then there was an actual vote and conversation about whether or not we should cancel the public site to ask people if they want the Olympics or not. I was utterly heartbroken to hear that this was even on the table. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that we were talking about 
in my opinion, deals that had been on the table since beforehand and that we were still negotiating these issues um, and still kind of privately, frankly, too. Uh, there's a couple of, um, you know, no Olympics, no matter what type um, who I hate to say it, they just come off as so anti Nenshi that it just feels like they're they're making the Olympics sound like this is only Nenshi's thing. Which is ridiculous because it's a national thing and it's a a local issue that we get to vote on, that we get to have choice on, that this is going to be a a beautiful shining light on Calgary, beautiful shining light on Alberta, beautiful shining light on Canada. And considering some of the, you know, negative rhetoric we've had in, well, I would argue Harper really brought down our reputation internationally be really great to really showcase the positive sides of us. So anyway, what comes out on the day that we're supposed to have this vote, and I'm going to bring this up because I know nobody else wants to talk about it, and I don't know really who's listening, who cares about municipal politics anyway, but it's my chance, it's my show. So basically what happened was, for those who do not know, I ran in Ward 10. Ward 10 is where Ray Jones has been the counselor for forever. And um, we actually weren't sure if he was going to retire when I ran or not. And I think, you know, he met everybody and thought, oh, I better not leave, which I don't, you know, I don't begrudge him in any way, shape or form. And um, anyway, so Ray Jones, he's actually the, uh, the counselor for this area, but he's also, for those who do not know, the Saddle Dome went over budget. You have to be a total nerd to know these things, and you're welcome. Because the Saddle Dome went over budget, there was a committee that was struck where there was supposed to be an MLA and a city councillor on that committee to talk about uh, the Saddle Dome Foundation and monies that um, are distributed to charities from that. So a lot of the times you'll hear, you know, the Calgary Flames did this donation. Well, a lot of that goes through the the Saddle Dome Foundation. And a lot of people don't know that there are municipal and provincial representation at that table to talk about that distribution of funds. So (laughs) what comes out on the day of the vote of whether or not they're going to end the plebiscite is this article about the Calgary Flames Charitable Foundation. And this foundation... um, Basically, what had happened was there was um, a nonprofit that does basically some amazing work. And the amazing work that they do um, is they did a FOIP and did some digging to see what kind of um, contributions that a lot of the sports teams give away. So, like, for example, um, this... I guess charity watchdog for the best best way to say it. Um, you know, they went through and had a look at some of these foundations from the Canucks for Kids Fund, the Jay's Care Foundation, True North Youth Foundation, um, Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation, Montreal Canadiens, Ottawa Senators, and Calgary Flames Foundation. And they found that we only end up giving 30 cents to every dollar to the cause, as opposed to like the Canucks give 73 cents. And for anyone in nonprofit, they know that those type of margins aren't something that we should be excited about at all. 
And I was literally, I think, the only person thinking, why did this have to come out today out of all days? Out of all days, it had to be today. It couldn't come out the next day after this whole Olympic conversation. But the great news is, um, because nobody's quite the nerd I am, nobody went to, you know, the whole Saddle Dome Foundation and Ray Jones position and how the city is actually part of this. So thankfully, it wasn't actually a part of the Olympic conversation at all. And thankfully, after hours and hours and hours and hours of conversation, they finally made the vote and decided that, yes, we will go on with the plebiscite, which made me super happy because, you know, the very least people should be have a chance to vote. Now, if I were to get, say negative things, it would be that um, the ballots had already gone out and especially to those who did mail in ballots. So the ballots themselves, there were people who have already replied who have like vacations during the time that you have to vote. They've already replied their yes or no. But then the goalpost changed. So, you know, it's kind of frustrating this whole conversation, but I still encourage people to vote yes towards this. And we, in my hopes that we're voting yes towards another way to look at reconciliation, but more importantly, Indigenous youth sports involvement. Because I think at the end of the day, that was the point of these reconciliation calls to action. Of course, the bigger point of having positive Indigenous role models and such as well. So with that, I wanted to get that out there before Wednesday's event, because I'm finding with this Olympic bid, everything can change within two or three days. So I just wanted to do that quick catch up. Um, and I guess lastly, one of the things that just came in on my email was that Peter Singh is going to be the UCP candidate for my area, which I found hysterically funny because I'm a community person. I have literally never heard of this person ever, um, you know, on their ballot of people to vote for. He would have been one of the last people I would have thought would have won just because we, um, we don't know him. I never heard of the guy. Andre Chabot was on there. Andre Chabot was a former counselor. For him to have not won this is like the hugest upset. But I know a lot of UCP nominations are coming out tonight, so I'll be curious to look up some of the other ones. I'm sure that's all the news we'll be talking about tomorrow. And with that, I want to say thank you. Thank you to my ancestors and my granny and my mom of an example of what strength looks like through your example. I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt. My stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian family and teaching me to be a proud Calgarian. It's through you. I'm a proud second-generation Calgarian. I want to say thank you to my husband, Darcy, for producing and editing the show on top of being my husband, childhood friend, father of our child, and support down my journey of the Red Road. He has witnessed decades of racism and sexism that I have experienced. And to our child, who we are blessed with to learn from daily, we are honored that you chose us. You know, you give me daily accountability to be a better, stronger person. And bloody hell, do you keep me humble? Humble. So my Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you to my previous donors for already showing your support. If you value listening and can afford to give, thank you. For those who cannot afford to give but listen in, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com. Send in your comments or questions. We are also on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and nativecalgarian.com is up. And with that, I say thank you. <laughs>